0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Childhood History and Critique. I'm Pat Ryan and this time I have a conversation with Richard Ivan Jobes, professor of history at Pacific University in the US state of Oregon. Rick is a well decorated historian of European youth and generational relations, who has edited or authored three books in the past decade. In our conversation, Rick tells us a little bit about his life as a scholar, what attracted him to the history of youth and inspired his work. We discussed the concept of transnational youth at length and shared ideas about the ways that globalization is important for understanding modern youth and in turn the contributions young people have made to it. We recorded our conversation in July of two thousand sixteen. I hope you find it as refreshing as I did. Take care. So are you right now? Are you in um, Aix en Provence? That's correct. Well thank you for for agreeing to come uh, on to CHC and, and, and talk about your work, Rick. I really I really appreciate it. Let's maybe we should just get right into it. Um, okay. Uh, you know tell us about your um intellectual journey um you know what in in broad sense what led to your uh what's now become a sustained interest in in youth uh, nationalism and internationalism and this you know developed over a number of works from writing the new wave um to your uh edited collection with um david pomfret uh transnational histories of youth to a forthcoming work backpack ambassadors about uh the Nationalism and internationalism in Europe. Um, so, tell us about a little bit about your journey.
1: Well, I, you know, I got interested in youth history as a young person, right? So, when when I was in college, and uh, and I find this still when I teach, right? Particularly when I teach 1968, which I've done quite a fair bit of work on myself and published on. But when I was in college, and got to 1968, it sort of blew my mind, right, all this, because, you know, you hadn't heard of it, you knew stuff happened in the U.S. in the 60s, but you didn't know about all the stuff in Europe, and I think there's sort of this romantic quality that you get that's sort of like, wow, you know, look at these people doing these things um, as young people and articulating their aspirations as young people, right, Um, and, of course, the the whole Paris in 68 and Prague and that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. and so... That sort of is what got me initially interested in it, and then the more I learned about it, the more you realize how how few people were looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. So so I ended up, I went to graduate school, and I wasn't sure I was going to work on youth in graduate school, um, but I ended up quite fortunately at Rutgers University, uh, which is where John Gillis uh, was mm-hmm. uh, now retired, and and there I worked with him and. Bonnie Smith and Joan Scott. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, tremendous, you know, powerhouses of intellect. And they were all very influential on in me and very involved in my intellectual development. And so when I was at Rutgers and, and um, you know, they were all really supportive as well of sort of probing youth as a historical phenomenon, both, you know, Joan, of course, was very interested in sort of the discursive aspects of power and that sort of stuff. And John was more driven by the more traditional social and cultural aspects. Right. And Bonnie right. was very interested in, you know, the gender and the, and, and the dynamics of the way youth and the adults sort of interacted. And so in graduate school, I just sort of glomped onto that as sort of my niche, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and just started thinking about it and, and working towards it in that way.
0: Um, I think that's somewhat of a familiar story, you know, uh, an interest coming out of specific relationships uh, with uh, mentors in graduate school and also then just struck by the political significance of youth in the 20th century um, and some of the dramatic stories. There's a, t- tell. I want to get to your forthcoming book, Uh, A little later, but maybe we could start with um, with the concept of transnational youth. And then there's there's the collection, but there's also just the concept of the uh, uh, or the phrase transnational youth. And how does um, this concept maybe contribute to older discussions of imperialism, colonialism, globalizations? Or, or other things that, that I'm not highlighting in, in, my, in my questions. It's historical significance or geographic significance.
1: Well, you know, when, when we think about it, we, I, mean, I think we, there's a lot of built-in assumptions, right? So I think we all understand that what we think of as youth is, is, of course, historically constructed. And what we think of youth in the modern era, it developed you know, as a social body and as a cultural concept transnationally. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't isolated uh, within one particular nation state uh, mm-hmm. but instead was primarily western initially but you know what's happening in North America was happening in Europe you know even all the discussions about the you know the psychological concepts of adolescence right um that was a transnational development and and, and, and but and so there's these ways in which we sort of assume the transnationality of youth
0: but but we haven't probed it a whole lot is and, by this do you mean we we as historians we tend to be trained in terms of the history of nation states and there's a disruption there between this concept and interest in youth and that that housing that we often put around our work
1: yeah absolutely right so but i mean this is all breaking apart mm-hmm. um, in various ways and and certainly imperial history is the 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 significant where it's been done in imperial history in the last 15 to 20 years has played a huge part in that. And so this came about because I was starting the, I was deep into the research for my book that's coming out in the spring, backpack ambassadors and was starting to formulate chapters and really knew that I needed to educate myself about transnational history as a methodology. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I was hoping to find something on, you know, Youth and transnational history, mm-hmm. and I and I wasn't finding anything, and so I was. I'm friends with David Pomfret, and I emailed him, and I and I knew because of his what he was working on, which has just come out as his monograph, Youth and Empire: The Transcolonial Childhood and What Is It in British and French Southeast Asia, something like that. Youth you and Empire: was,
0: Transcolonial Childhood in British and French Asia. All right, there you go. Yeah, so I
1: knew he was deal grappling with similar things and so i emailed him and i said you know david i I, i'm looking for something about transnational history and youth um you know have you you come across anything so he responded that he hadn't uh, not really and so then you know like a month or so later continued looking and then i sort of emailed him back and said so well we're both thinking about this stuff we both need to grapple with it we both need to develop our thinking why don't we do something and uh, and he was amenable to it, and so so the the edited collection sort of grew out of, and I think this is not uncommon either. Mm-hmm. Uh, our own to service our own needs for our monographs that we were working on.
0: Yeah, and it's part of building. It's part of of uh, the networks that we have. Yeah, which sure. are which are, are aren't just uh, ancillary to our scholarship, but are part of the guts of it. It certainly. It's certainly why I'm doing CHC. Right. Because the ideas can't be separated right. from the relationships that we have so, with each other.
1: So to go back then to the transnationality of youth, is, you know I think we're missing something pretty huge about the history of youth as an age category as well as a social experience if we don't deal with its profound transnationality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something in the something that comes through in the collection and, and, you know, so many of these ideas were not, they're only developed out of doing the project.
0: That's right. right? Um,
1: They they didn't precede it. Um, Is is the ways in which the young themselves in the 20th century particularly understood themselves as being a part of youth as itself being transnational. Mm -hmm. Like they... And when you think about it now, I mean, that's that's the same now, right? Young people don't see themselves as a social body of youth contained within a nation state. I mean, whether you think about popular culture or gaming or or political activism, right? Yeah. So just just by the sort of self-knowledge of identifying with being youth was itself a transnational act, even if the young people weren't necessarily...
0: Um, revolutionaries
1: Revolutionaries or moving around uh, crossing borders themselves so some of the things in these essays is, is you know a lot, several of them are about mobilities and actual you know movement uh, whether it's immigration um, you know imperial circulation travel that sort of stuff but others are about um, not necessarily the young people themselves moving being sort of isolated or immobile and yet they are engaging with uh, youth culture uh, transnationally, uh on a first chapter about um, in the Soviet Union, youth culture sort of traveling through these narrow conduits across the iron curtain and this cultural transfer process or Chitani's article about uh, Japanese rural youth engaging, you know, with the 4H because they're, they, you know, and refashioning it for themselves, but thinking of themselves as participating in a larger, you know, process. I,
0: I can't help but think as I'm listening to you to talk about uh, a parallel that, in in some ways, if you took the word youth in what you have just uh, packaged for us and replaced the word youth with class, you would have a a very old conversation or a, that emerges out of the 19th century which is class consciousness is connected to internationalism. Uh, yes. You know, and that tension between nationalism, class consciousness, and internationalism, which is very rife today, and you only have to think yep. as far as Brexit Yeah. in terms yep. of these these connections. Yeah. You're but I,
1: w- I, w- I would differentiate that a little bit because class consciousness we assume as being – Overtly political mm-hmm. whereas uh, while certainly there are political dimensions within identifying with youth, and we see that in some in Andra Vasquez's chapter, for example, quite extensively um, in many ways, for young people, it's not it's not necessarily a, a political but rather an age category that maybe they're participating in, just you know through pop culture yeah. maybe that's one of the I mean if anything, that's probably. Uh, a pretty profoundly important one um, in that way. Um, so yeah, so we so we wanted to sort of think about how youth is transnational mm-hmm. and to probe that and poke at it and develop it. Um, so in one sense we're 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 trying to talk to historians of childhood and youth about the transnationality of youth, but we also wanted to try to think about we want to talk about talk to transnational historians.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, on the one hand, youth as transnational uh, among historians of youth and childhood is being explored uh, in particular parameters for, for youth, especially the student activism of the 60s. There's been, you know, quite a lot going on in the last decade looking at that as a transnational phenomenon. But transnational historians themselves, I mean, you would think, uh, you know, there wasn't there was no, like young people in the world like they really haven't probed it and thought about it and so the book ended up being in a transnational history series rather than a youth history series and the series editors ron Mitter and akira iriae were like terribly excited you know when when they got it and and very pleased with the quality of it in fact they they convinced palgrave to um to let us have a greater word count per chapter because they just they they thought the the quality of the of the work itself merited um, you know a little bit greater density than what Paulgrave usually uh, allowed. Um, so so I think there's a lot that historians of youth have to say to and contribute to the history of, of or, or rather to transnational history and for transnational historians thinking about you know we you and i people maybe who are going to listen to this are quite accustomed to using age as an analytic category right comparable to race class or gender um but but outside of our circle you know we're still trying to sort of convince others that that this is really important and huge right, right. i mean to all such I- a Yeah, right, to all questions.
0: Absolutely, because kids are everywhere, and one of the most universal features of human beings is that they grow up and grow old. Right, right. Aging, you know, at least as much as gender, which sex is fundamental and everywhere, and you can't escape it, so it's always in play. Gender is always in play, and it's the same thing about the life cycle.
1: Exactly, exactly. So... So in, in part, we're, we're, we're trying to use this to, to speak to, you know, non historians, uh, of youth and childhood, but at the same time, them too, right? Because it, it was born out of our own, David and our own interests in, in moving our, the history of childhood and youth a little bit further in that direction. And, and, and hopefully they will be, this will help other people, you know, think about it and, uh, Deal with it and work with it and
0: that sort of stuff. Another thing that I think of, and I just want this is not much of a question, but it's this is uh, just a a thought just to help people. Make, give I just want to open a door for you to give different examples, and I'm thinking of one that is um, it's political, but it's also part of popular culture, and it's a it's a personal it's a personal story. I read an article. I was at the uh, horrible histories conference, the launch of the children's. History Society in London. Uh, uh, this just last month, and uh, I stepped out as as people do, just kind of you need a break from the conference. And I had just gotten a an email from a friend uh, Jonas uh, Korsibo, uh, who is a historian in, uh, of childhood and youth and education in uh, Malmo, Sweden, and he wrote a book a number of years ago with a friend that he grew up with on punk culture in Sweden. Uh-huh. And Rest. this was an English article that I could, you know, get and he said, I know you've been waiting for this. And so I read it. I just sat in the sun there uh, in a rare sunny afternoon in London and and read this article. And it starts out with a, a concept. He said, you know, he says, you know, I'm from Norshipping and Norshipping, Sweden, is an industrial town that goes through a rust belt problem in yeah. the 1970s, as and as many places in the world did. And uh, there's a particular social democratic response to that problem in Sweden. And, but we were on the periphery. The core was London and New York. And what was happening that we cared about was rock and roll. Yeah. Right? Now, I well, grew up so, in, You know, that's part of my interest in youth history, too. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. So I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. And I was on the periphery, too. And the center was London and New York. Oh, yeah. And so... Here we are uh, growing up, you know, a long way apart in many ways. But in terms of 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 uh, the reference points of his article, in terms of the bands and the music and and the analysis that he was going through, in terms of the specific practices and right. the representation, I knew that all. I knew all right. of that. That wasn't foreign at all. Right. So I'm glad you said that
1: because so one of the things we really wanted to also emphasize in this collection was practice. Yeah. That is that that what was defining young people's youthfulness, right? Yeah. Is is their practice of what they were doing and thinking and and, and identifying, right?
0: You've been listening to a conversation with Richard Ivan Jobs on childhood history and critique. Recorded July 2016. Part 2 of the conversation can be found on the website of the Society for the History of Children and Youth.